This is an ABC podcast. John, tell us about your garden. We haven't tried to grow lots of huge amounts of one type of fruit. So we try and grow many different species or many different plants in different parts of the microclimate so that we get a little dribble of food all the time. Do you like star fruit, Oscar? I've never had one. Really? Take a little bite. You mightn't like it. That's really tasty. A food forest like this is so easy. Once you've got your trees planted, watered, they keep producing. Do you know what, though, uh, John, you seem really smart about this stuff. And to be honest, I have no clue about gardening. I, like, I don't grow anything. I've just picked this up from the net. There are so many YouTubes about food forests. So many on gardening, of course. But in subtropical gardening and permaculture-type gardening, there is so much around. And it's just a matter of a little bit of research. All right, I'm going to do it. <laughs> what do you think the first thing I should plant is? If you quite like starfruit, they are so easy to grow. Did you like starfruit, Oscar? I loved it. Should we do it? Yes. Hi, I'm Pete Poole, and this is my husband, Pete. Hi there. And our two boys. Hi, I'm Hunter. Hello, I'm Oscar. And we're learning little ways to be greener. Join us on Little Green Pod. It doesn't matter if you live in a city apartment, on a suburban quarter-acre block, or on a beautiful sprawling farm. Like You can be helping the planet by pulling out your green thumbs no matter where you are. Gardening, it's like such a great thing to do for so many reasons. Plants make the air cleaner, they provide habitat for wildlife, and growing your own food means that you can bypass the supermarket and all that comes with it, like packaging and transport. The list goes on. And there's no better person to help us get gardening than Costa Georgiatis. He's a Logie Award-winning presenter from Gardening Australia and Dirt Girl World's Garden Gnome. And I've got a bit of a crush on him. Fee, it's great to talk gardening with you. And yes, as a garden gnome, I observe what's going on in front of me. And the first thing I want to say is just because you live in an apartment and you might only have a veranda, don't underestimate how much space it actually is. It's not just the tiled area on the ground, the horizontal plane, it's also the vertical plane and the hanging plane as well. So you can grow up the walls, you can have pots on the horizontal, but then you can also grow things up the veranda parapet and have hanging baskets off the ceiling. Want to cover your balcony wall? Try flowering vines like climbing roses, wisteria and trumpet vine. Or you could grow a fruiting vine like grapes, passion fruit or pumpkin. If you haven't got a balcony, that's okay. Try growing a row of herbs on your kitchen windowsill or alfalfa sprouts in a jar. So hipster. (laughs) (laughs) It's not you? You're not a hipster, John? Not yet. Wait till I get to Melbourne. Okay, what about someone that's got the typical Aussie suburban block? Like they've got a bit of lawn, they've got a mailbox, they've got a garden shed and a bed what advice do you give them? You can make a difference on multiple levels. You could just plant out a native garden bed, a corridor of local native plants to feed the pollinators, to feed the insects and to feed the birds and to actually benefit all your neighbours as well. You might plant out a meadow, you know, a meadow of flowers that flower prolifically over spring and summer. And deal with the great challenge at the moment that our pollinators are suffering. 
Climate change, habitat loss and intensive farming have all made life challenging for our pollinators. To preserve our bees, we have to improve the environments in which they collect food. Planting flower borders with bee-friendly flowers in your garden, reduce or eliminate the use of pesticides and herbicides when gardening. Even mowing the lawn less often can help bees out. Why natives, though? From a biodiversity point of view, they're the most capable of dealing with the local conditions. They will be in flower at the right time for the insects when they need it. They'll feed the birds, they'll bring the birds back to your garden, and that thriving biodiversity begins with one swathe of native plants. And what about those of us that are lucky enough to live on acreage? You know, they've got, you know, fields. They could do more than just planting trees, right? Like, what else could they do? Oh, of course. I mean, if you've got some acreage, you could make yourself a really nice veggie patch. And if you're really into it, you could then connect your veggie patch to a small orchard. And you could make the orchard like a food forest in the sense that you not only have the fruit trees, but you have lots of understory growing as well, particularly along the boundaries, which again provides that habitat to bring the birds and bring the pollinators so that you get the best and the most out of your garden from a productivity point of view. The World Wildlife Fund says that the world 7.7 billion people currently consume more than 1.7 times what the earth can supply sustainably. And by 2050, when there are 9.8 billion people on the planet, we will need to produce 70% more. So getting digging in your garden and backyards is a must. And start thinking about what food you can grow and share with your neighbourhood. Every little bit helps. No excuses. Do you think everyone can have a garden? Everyone can have a garden, even if you've got an apartment where you don't have a balcony join your local community garden, join something like Share Waste and collect your food scraps and find someone online near where you are and take your food scraps to them. Join a local garden club, go to a permablitz, join a permaculture group that does garden makeovers in a day and go along and join in and start to learn different things. And the more you hang out with gardeners, the more you hang out with land carers, the more caring you're going to become. For a list of all the permaculture groups across Australia, look online at permacultureaustralia.org.au. I bet there's a group near you, and if there's not, then why don't you start one? I love it. Okay, so I am feeling inspired. I'm going to get out into the garden today. I just want, like, your top five things for people that just have not been in the garden for a while. What should I just get out there and do? Number one, of course, I'm going to have to go with Costa the composter. There's so many ways you can start composting. You don't have to go out straight away and buy a worm farm or a composting bin. You can just get an old garbage bin, cut the bottom of it out, dig a bit of a hole, screw the bin in from the base and put some food scraps in there and cover them up with a little bit of soil, a little bit of shredded paper and just allow them to start breaking down. Bang, you're in business straight away. When that's rocking along, you can lift that out and just leave that compost there and the trees will find it and the garden plants will find it. Spread it around. Yes. And then shift that bin to the next spot. And start again. And start again. And then when you get another container, you can build another one. If you've got in-ground garden beds, you can just get a smaller white pail and do the same thing. Cut the bottom out and away you go. All right. Number two. Number two, a bug hotel. Any opportunity to build some habitat for the local insects. 
You can do it as simply as getting an old soup tin or any kind of food tin, fill it up with little bamboo pieces, pack it full, and that will become a home for local pollinators, particularly native bees. Number three. Fun with the kids. Build something like a teepee and grow plants up it. So clear a little bit area in one garden bed, get four or five bamboo pieces, tie them together and then grow either some beans or what about a choco? You could call it a choco teepee. You know, bring back the choco, I say. (laughs) Kids hate choco. Well, you can put that into curries. You can put that into apple pies. It's just delusion. You know, they used to eat it in apple pies for years. We used to as kids and we never knew. So yeah, bring back the choco. Hashtag bring back the choco. Number four. Whenever I say build a frog pond, people with bigger properties go, oh God, I've got enough frogs. But in the city, we need more frogs. They're the classic canary in the coal mine for a healthy garden. So building a little frog bog is a perfect way to bring them back. You just need to get a little container, fill it up with some gravel or some soil, put some PVC tubes in it and they become like frog tubes. Then you can plant some plants in there and fill it up so it becomes wet. And when it's wet, they're the conditions. The frogs live in moist ground. They don't live in a pond itself. They live on the side and on the, in the margins. And then you can start to plant bog plants there. And your last thing, number five. Do a little bit of an experiment. Get some seeds of a plant and plant them and get some seedlings of a plant and plant them and just see the difference between growing from seed and growing from seedlings and tell me the result. You know what, Costa? I'm going to do all of those things. They just sound awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, before I go, I just want like one thing that you would like everybody to just get out in the garden and do this weekend. What's that? I'm going to say the one thing I want everyone to do this weekend is go out and get an old exercise book and start a garden log and observe different things about the garden and then have that in a little pouch near the back door so it doesn't get wet and it will get you connected to the garden in a new way. And then next year you go, oh, look, it actually came into flower a month late. And then you get stats on your patch that you can't get out of a book. There's lots of things that I think the garden can teach us and it's exciting. So, Mama, what are we doing? Well, what we're going to do is a race between these basil seeds and these. What does that say? Basil sweets large leaves. It's plastic. We don't want plastic. Well, this is the thing. I think this might be Costa's point. But what he reckons we need to do is have a race. Which one's going to grow faster, do you think? I personally think the seeds. Okay, well, let's plant them and see. So, sad news. The seedlings and the seeds, they didn't make it. Like, nothing survived. (laughs) Sorry, Costa. But I will give it another try. Look, I'm not going to give up. On the plus side, though, we're composting like champions. We've built a bug hotel. It's totally five-star. And we've got everything we need for a bean teepee. The frog pond is on the way. I even snuck a choco into an apple pie. Uh-huh. Hey, I'd love to see your green garden, big or small. Take a pic, share it with the hashtag LittleGreenPod, and I'll give it two green thumbs up. 
And remember, Little Green Pod is free on ABC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. Little Green Pod is an ABC Audio Studios and ABC Regional and Local production. It's presented by me, Fee Pool. It's produced by Samantha Turnbull. Audio engineer is Simon Branthwaite. And executive producers are Liz Keane and Rachel Fountain. 